everybody. Welcome. It is episode six of Citizen Central. We've been going now for about six months, uh, and this is going to be actually the first show of the new year. So we're, we're filming this beforehand, but hello, 2023. Good to see you. Welcome, everybody. We're here live with a couple of other creators to talk about some Star Citizen stuff. Today, we're talking about what the future holds, uh, near term, kind of 318, 319 stuff, midterm next year, and in the distant future. Luckily, we just had a release of the letter from the chairman for the end of 2022, so that's going to be a nice topic of conversation, but we got a lot to talk about today. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, some great names here. I'm going to let you all go ahead and tell everyone where you come from, what you do, what your content is. Uh, so please go ahead. We'll start with you, Lednap. Could you let everybody know what kind of what you do, Star Citizen related? Uh, I can't Sorry. Hear you, yeah, I'm not hearing you, Lednap. I think you might be muted. Tell you what, we'll give you a second to work on that. Ollie, you go ahead and we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around to you, Led. Hello, uh, everyone. Um, yeah, Star Citizen. That's great. PTU. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Woo! Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you do? You usually making gameplay videos. So right? yeah, sorry. I'm just enjoying the podcast. Uh, <laughs> no so I, I make Star Citizen content. Uh, I've been doing it for like seven months now, which is crazy because I feel like I only just started. Um, but yeah, I've been posting, what? It was more daily, but less so now, but it's just gameplay. It was all about discovering Star Citizen and learning what the game was and uh, checking out the project after my original pledge back in 2015. And I've just been on the road of just seeing what the game is up to these days and um, just seeing what it's all about. Now I'm just invested. Yeah, we we had a couple of different episodes, like one when you first kind of started getting into it and another one about six months in, and you were mm -hmm. pretty enthusiastic about it throughout the whole year. How's it been going for you since then? You know what? If you'd asked me a month ago, maybe honeymoon period had kind of, I wouldn't say tapered off, but I would say I see the, I see the project for where it is, mm -hmm. but since PTU, loving it. It's awesome. Like the new tech coming online in the PTU is mm -hmm. awesome, and I'm very excited about the future. Yeah, getting that uh, that new patch kind of refreshed things a little bit, I think, for a lot of people. Majorly. Uh, Lednap, did you get did you get it figured out on your end? All right, I think we're good. Yes, Hopefully yes, we are good. Yeah, we, we can hear you. All right, awesome. So, so yep, I'm uh, Led from Lednap Gaming, and cover a lot of things for start on the Star Citizen side, fleet planning. Uh, which kind of ships you want to buy, different features, but also I think most people probably remember me from December saying, you know, take a breath before you buy the Galaxy, think about it for a couple minutes. So that seems to kind of be the niche I'm in these days. So <laughs> even though I did buy one. <laughs> did you buy the complete set? I, so I did because okay. I, well, I, because there's a, it's like the bucks, right? If you're going to LTI it, you want the modules insured too. And I think that's something that's easy to forget about, you know, if you're like, oh, well, the ship's insured, but still got to shell out now for new modules. Better to have it all covered. Uh, all right. Sorry about that brief little disconnect there. Uh, Red Monster, how about you go ahead? Tell us what you do with Star Citizen, where you make content. 
Yeah, so I'm Red Monster SC. Um, my org is the Red Legion, and we're an industrial-focused org that's heavily involved in uh, mining. Uh, with the release of 318, um, I'm excited about salvage gameplay. So uh, I produce YouTube tutorials for both mining and now salvage. Um, and you can find me on Twitch Monday nights, Friday nights, and Sunday mornings for my Sunday morning mining sessions. Yeah, I am... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've been loving salvaging. I think people were worried it was going to be kind of like mining. I, I think it's pretty good. It's differentiated. We'll talk more about it in the podcast, but I imagine you're pretty excited about what you're seeing. I, I have had a Reclaimer pledge since, uh, um, I want to say, around 2017. So it's it's been a few years. Definitely uh, excited about that one. So. Yeah. It's nice to see the Reclaimer have something to do. Yes. And Zero's. be able to fly an atmosphere. Yeah, that is nice, too. That's a, that's a solid tweak. I keep forgetting about that one. Uh, Zero State, my man, you've been, you've been on launch sequence before with me. Thank you so I much have. for coming through last time. Welcome to this one. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm doing good. So anybody that doesn't know me, I mostly stream. I have a couple of crappy YouTube videos, but I do plan on a little bit more of that in 318. Um, kind of how-to stuff, get you through some things, that kind of stuff. I deal with a lot of like criminal activity, not so much doing it, but putting those people in prison. <laughs> uh, I do a lot of bounty hunting, a lot of group stuff when I get a chance to. Um, and um, I'm kind of a gameplay guy. Okay. If that makes sense. So yeah. try to hop in and, and get that out there. But more interested in the game now than kind of what they're talking about it's going to be in the future. Well, I like the future stuff too. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, you got to live in the moment too. Right. So, yeah. um, and, uh, and, and that, and that interests me a lot. You know, I mean, there's probably two, three times a week where I'm like, you couldn't do that in any other game but Star Citizen. And that's right now, you know, and I, I to steal a, a quote from Cap, from Burks, um, he was Captain Burks. Now he's just Burks. He got demoted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got kicked out. But he said, the best things that have ever happened to you in Star Citizen haven't happened yet. And it's still pretty epic, you know, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is. It, it's a good quote. Solid one, Burks. Well done. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> well, thank you guys all for joining me today. Um, before we get into the speculation, though, and we've already kind of dabbled a little bit in these in this topic, but I'd like to talk a little bit about 318. I want to hear your quick review, kind of what you've been experiencing so far. Is it actually different from the game beforehand? Um, and and you know, feel free to to bounce off each other on this one. I I'm, we're here for some conversation, so let me know. Whoever wants to open up, I will I'm jump just... in on this one. Um, Go for it if Sorry. it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Have no. uh, I think the 318 has by far the most potential <laughs> of any patch. We're enthusiastic about the patch, yes, too. <laughs> very. Uh, it's just, it's the, the potential's incredible. Uh, you get onto a server that has like 50 people on it, if that's ever happened to you guys. The t server, server FPS is like, you know, 17, 18. And like everything is just wild. Everything's working, you know, almost everything's working. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just. Explain for people why the, uh, the, the server rate being that high is so nice. So the lower the server FPS, the worse everything performs. So this goes from like inventory to, it's just the, the slower everything updates on the server side of things. So the higher that is, the better. Lower player counts tend to mean less client connections, tends to be the server FPS goes up. Um, and like NPCs work better, like missions like happen faster. Inventory seems to be much snappier. Like everything just works crazy. And it just gives you that glimpse of like, if they can get this thing working, this patch is going to be incredible. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, that's my immediate take on it. Slight responsiveness, I think, yeah. I think, is like the major thing. 
yeah it's like the ai and stuff like that like when they're switched on and like inventory's instant it like dramatically changes from i'm playing a project to i'm playing a game yeah absolutely. yeah it it feels significantly different when they're responsive and actually dangerous they yeah they they like i came around a corner the other day and took like three shots immediately it's like wait a second mm. <laughs> you you all know how to aim it was cool too because it was like i took i took a few shots i ducked behind the corner i healed myself like i communicated with my team stuck my head back out took down a guy another guy came and filled the spot and i was like wait hold on i'm playing star citizen like i'm, I'm yeah. playing it this is a thing it's very cool see i've, I've had the opposite experience though. oh i have had just and and i are i mean i'll ask you guys a question first are you have you any of you gone to loreville in the pt yeah i, I, I woke up there a few times yeah. had some problems because okay, that's where i've been and that's where like every time you call the elevator doors open space let it close yep. oh yeah you know, call it back elevator shows up um and you know pre-stream when we were all talking i was talking about you know some adventures i had even today and uh everything is just taking forever to kind of load in um but once it does i've had a good experience with it but it's that load in i mean it's been a little rough but yeah. we're still pretty er we're early in ptu yeah i was just gonna like, say this is like a remember this, this is, is like the second ptu patch right second or third and then they went to on holiday so it's kind yeah. of like so this isn't yeah. even though we've had it for like product. a week yeah you maybe just no no you just made me have a thought why okay star citizen right we got ships they do all this cool technology why do we not have automatic elevators that detect you walking up to the door why have we got to press the button oh my man we can't even they don't even come when you press the <laughs> no, button yet yeah <laughs> maybe they should maybe that would fix the issue if they just removed the button yeah mm -hmm. i kind of want it like the uh oh gosh which now the name is gonna escape me rogue one like why can't it be like the data center in rogue one where you're like in the hab and just as you get up the you know elevator comes right to you you just get on it whips you around to the hangar where you want to go mm. it's it's funny they uh the elevators and trains have been such a persistent topic from literally from 3.0 until now for whatever reason, whether they're broken, because they are very oftentimes broken uh, to Ooh. just like people, you know, kind of, oh, why do we have all these time wasting things going on in the game? And it's I wonder if they will ever just be a normal part of the game that we don't think about or if it, they'll always be in our face. I don't think about them much, though. No. I, I thought about them a lot today where I was having to wait for them to load, but when it works, uh, and it's, it's funny you bring that up because like, I remember reading years ago, somebody's review of star citizen and, you know, I woke up in bed and they're at Port Alisar, which you know, we all think of as the shortest, fastest, easiest station on earth and or in the verse. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, then you walk to your ship. And then you have to board the ship and then you have to get onto the ship. And I actually, for me, that's one of the greatest parts of Star Citizen. Yeah. So I'm always happy about it. But yeah, when it works, I guess I never think about the elevators or the trams. It only comes up when they don't work. Right. And when the game makes it obvious. I mean, like you said, you know, if you don't like waking up in a city, walking out to your ship and flying through atmosphere every time, the obvious answer is go to sleep in your ship or in, in a space station 
the game just right. doesn't I really. I guess at some point it will be less of an issue because yeah. when you log out, you just log out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would just like to be able to set my spawn to a station automatically instead yeah. of having to start at a city. Like it, it almost makes more sense to me that you would start at an orbital and not on the planet. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's actually going to be a pretty interesting conversation to have once they start working on the new player experience more, because that will make a difference, a huge impact on how new players are kind of experiencing the game. Um, but overall, when it comes to 318 for you guys, is there... I know actually led that beforehand, we were talking about going back and playing some jump town. Are you guys kind of over past? I mean, I know this happens with every update you get over the past patch. Like you're just, you don't want to go back to it, but there's so much going on in 318. Does it feel like star citizen 317.4 is actually just like a downgrade you don't want to experience anymore? Or are you guys willing to jump back and forth? Um, go ahead. There, there's definitely gameplay in 3.18 that you're not going to get. You know, Salvage is a big one. Um, the persistent ships, like you've got Soft Death now. So I think um, we, with what they've added in 3.18, it does feel like an upgrade to the game. You know, and and the fact they've already announced that 3.18 is going to be a wipe. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're going back to something that the progress won't matter. So if the progress won't matter, why not just play that in PTU and test out the new features? And yeah. it kind of get yourself immersed in that experience now and and the way the game's changed uh, so that you're 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 better prepared for it on day one when it goes live yeah, yeah I, I don't mind going back and and this is because for me the biggest element of the game is the social element mm -hmm. and and that this is actually why a lot of the my close friends that are regular star citizen players that play patch after patch and will continue to play um don't go into the ptu uh so i actually try to limit how much time i spend in the ptu because i want i enjoy when the patch drops that's when most of my friends come alive and i think what is kind of a change for that is salvage i don't want to like jump the conversation that way just yet but um i 318 is is a jump ahead uh even though in plenty of ways, it also doesn't feel like that. But I think, like, I've gone back and forth a couple times now, and I don't notice the transition as much. And okay. Again, maybe that's just because I haven't had the greatest of experiences in 318 <laughs> just yet either. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was wondering. I haven't tried going back to live yet, but there are things that I've experienced in 318 that I'm now like, I don't want to play Star Citizen without this. So I don't know if I'm, gonna, if I'm personally going to go back. Yeah. Well, and that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing for the new update to get you so excited that it's hard to go back. Yeah. You know, and I think we've had a long year, an entire year of 317, by the way, uh, where it just kind of felt like, yeah, they're adding some content, you know, and a few little features here and there, but nothing quite like 318's additions, you yeah. know. And so I think between the drought of that and then all, and the fact that they're really cool. Um, those two things combined, I think a lot of people are like, once I get into 318, it's like, yeah, it's buggy. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I need to experience it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, I mean, a big part of Star Citizen, like the best moments you have in Star Citizen, most of the time are interactions with other players, you know? So mm -hmm. 
there's kind of an element of that too. You know, even my typical gameplay is I interact with other players a lot, whether it be PvP or not. Uh, I hate it when VoIP isn't working, for instance. Oh, um, yeah. And and so, yeah, I mean, I could see myself going back to three seventeen dot four just for that. You know. Yeah, we That's do fair. our our group mining sessions and stuff that are our Sunday experience. You know, not not everybody's got wave one access, so we we've been going back and forth pretty regularly. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, you you definitely miss some of the features. Yeah, you do. You miss some of the features, but like the point you guys have all made is most players are in the live servers, and that's where most of the gameplay is still taking place. So it's nice to get to try the new features, but it sounds like it's it's uh not a um it's not a journey with no return. Like you guys are still dropping back into the old patch. So much better though. The patch is yes. so much better than 3.17.4. Yeah. Like, the thing I love about it most is, like, the salvage is great. There's so many good features about it. And loading new locations, which are absolutely awesome. But for me, it's the storytelling left behind. When things are left behind and you can kind of piece together what's happened. Like, uh, um, I'll turn up at a location. There'll be a blown up um, uh, Ninetales uh, Drake ship just sat there, Cutlass. And there'll be a dead NPC on the ground, and then there'll be like a player dead on the ground, and there'll be a couple of loot boxes. And you just kind of, if you're wandering around, you kind of piece it all together, and it's like, okay, I see what happened here. I see the story. Yeah. And I think there's like plenty of videos already just in the PTU of like people discovering things that happened hours prior. And I just think that's awesome. Yeah, well, that is true. And to Ollie's point on that, you know, this is. Always an interesting thing, too, when you think about it, like coming into this as a content creator and not just a regular player. I know for me, you know, I've talked to people in the past and said, yeah, and especially based on what Zero State's saying about the whole year, we've really been in 317. You know, it's like, yep, when the patch gets dry, we get to what I call the doldrums where everyone's like, all right, I've done everything in this patch. I'm bored now. Um, as a content creator, you still have to keep creating content um, and you kind of stay in that. And what I'm most excited about is from that content creator seat, really just how much more I get to do in the coming year with going to those various locations and kind of really fleshing out more of the story and more of all the new things they're putting in. Because in PTU, even though it's a long period, it's not long enough of a period that we're if 318 is going to last most of next year hopefully it doesn't but if it does there's so much more to do now and for me that's just one of the biggest things i'm really excited about yeah the i think you made a really good point ollie um you see a lot of comments where people are like yeah persistent entity streaming is in but we're not we're not really going to benefit from it like you you're not going to get into your same shard you're not going to get the stuff that you left behind and like mm -hmm. to your point that sucks, it, that's, that's half of it yeah it sucks but <laughs> that like really sucks the fact that every shard still has a history and you can still find a mm. story like that you can find a crash ship with maybe some knocked over cargo or like a, a battle where the ship's just like we've seen it if you blow up a ship in low orbit it drops the cargo and everything falls to the surface and somebody can find it mm. and like just imagine you're just hanging out with some friends and you come across that that's that you can't get that yeah in 317 it's funny that you talk about the shard stuff because 
I just read it today, but I already knew it, um, that it, let's say that you log out. Mm-hmm. The next time you log back in, the game does try to put you in that same shard, right. whether it it's does? 118, 121. Okay. Yeah, um, it does. If it's full, it'll bounce you. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they said something. It just it got was posted on the letter. today. That, yeah, in the yeah, letter. In the letter, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we'll talk about that later. But yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it does try to get you back into the, your the previous instance. Um, hmm. And that is... actually might, I'm, 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 there's a little suspicion I have that that might be the reason for the 25,540 or whatever it is, 25,000. 24,540 or whatever that error, that error is. Not code. error. It's it's a uh, where your entities get stuck. Oh uh, yeah, 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 like infinite load. Mm-hmm. That it might be that you're loading into a different shard instead of the one that you tried to get into, and it's kind of freaking out while it's doing. That. I'm not sure, but either way, it definitely it, it feels yeah. like they kind of undersold it. I guess I don't know. I don't. It's hard to tell because now they're saying that was the big thing. Everyone is like, oh, there's no matchmaking. You can't get into your same shard. Now they're yeah. like, well, there is. It's just yep. if the server is full, so it's it's hard to know. Um, yeah, well, it's hard it to know if it's ha- it's hard to feel it happening. Right? Yeah. So, but um, there are yeah. there are very clear signs, um, and I think most of them are like what Ollie said, where you just come across other people who have crashed or fought or or something has happened. What yeah. is what is though? I mean, you already said the persistence lead nap and Ollie, but kind of what is your guys' favorite parts of three eighteen moving and and we'll. We'll take care of this, then we'll move on to the letter and talk about a little bit about 319 coming up. Ballistic damage. Really? <laughs> I just got triggered no. when you said that a little bit. I know, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, that's a small one, but okay, one. tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff with 318. But yeah, I think the ballistic damage is interesting, though. Um, I'm just going to leave it there. You know about so the whole... Be triggered. The whole like uh, kind of direction they're moving in with that stuff and with the armor and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind them changing things up a little. I think ugh, I really didn't want to get into it, but like, I think if they just reduce the ammo counts, it'd be fine for now. Um, but I mean, what they need to do is like have hull strength differences, right? For like bigger ships or tankier ships, like the Terrapin, for example. I honestly have no idea what they should do, and I'm very uh, scared for them. Honestly, I like the, the idea. The mission of balancing this game, but yeah, oh, yeah no, it's, it's cool. The idea of, I mean, it's kind of a classic sci-fi trope. I think where energy affects shields and ballistics affect armor. It's just crazy because mm. they talk about you know differences in armor between companies and uh, the the way that a ballistic might affect the certain place it hits because of a component, like all this stuff. It's kind of like with, with fuel, you know, they have multiple plans or they have plans for multiple types of gases that can be refined into fuels. Just a, a lot. Yeah. Coming, coming from a combat state of a point of view, I think it's, it's actually a cool idea. So ballistics, very powerful, kind of low ammo counts, kind of a finishing move, right? Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. There's nothing wrong with that idea. It's just like a year too early, in my opinion, to change the way that they work right now because we don't have armor. Everything is just a pool of HP. Right. Mm-hmm. And when everything's a pool of HP, your highest alpha, highest burst damage weapon is always going to be the thing that people use. You can load up an arrow right now with all ballistic Gatlings and take out a 600i. You can take out a Corsair without the shields even going down in like 30 seconds, like before you run out of ammo. 
So it's just it's fun. Like it's fun to do a couple times, but if it happens yeah. to you, it sucks. Oh yeah. yeah. And it just feels like it's cart before the horse, you know. I think it's a great idea eventually when they get all the other like armor mechanics and other things in. Yeah. But right now it's going to be painful to be flying a big ship uh, if the change does make it to life. Did they explain why they're doing it now? Uh, Yogi said, because we're going to do it eventually. That was his exact... I'm, I'm <laughs> it not kidding. It feels like no. an experiment to me. It feels like, let's just see how how this works. Are people willing to give up the the ammo and things like that? Because like when we get to Pyro... We'll come on to that later, hopefully. Uh, like, collecting ammo is going to be harder. Like, at the moment, if you run out of ammo, it's not a huge deal to go and pick up some more. But if you're out in Pyro and you run out of ammo, arguably, that's going to be a lot more of a task mm -hmm. to go and, like, stock up and stuff. But like you say, I think it's too soon. But it's kind of a fun meme right now of just, like, arrows with ballistics taking out Corsairs in 30 seconds. Do you yeah, think that's... they need to balance out the time to kill between ballistics and uh, energy weapons? You know, it, do they need to be equal, or do you think ballistics deserve to be a much faster time to kill on some of these larger ships? I think ballistics should be faster. But yeah, you should have I think less of them, with obviously. ammo counts, like there's a trade-off, right? It's pros and cons. Like yeah. if yeah. if you're someone who's not accurate or not a good pilot, you're gonna want infinite ammo, right? But if you know you can land your shots. Um, ballistics makes more sense. Yeah, I think some dynamic balance between them is good. Having them be both the same, just look different, would would be strange and and kind of pointless. So, I like but the there change. Is a, just... There's a long term trade off that goes into that too. I mean, partly coming up with with pyro, like you guys said, but I think another factor. I think back to the old Jump Town days, and this is stuff that still I'm probably. I'll start by saying I'm not a combat main by any stretch of the imagination here and this will come out by the fact that i still make some of my decisions by things you know from multiple patch iterations ago but the thing at jump town back in the day was right if you had ballistics is you might have defended jump town once or twice from invaders coming in but you started getting low on ammunition and the waves kept coming and I think that's going to that's an effect, too. It's like, OK, yeah, they're really powerful. But are you willing to give up whatever the objective is you're defending to go re-equip, rearm and refuel? Yeah. Uh, or are you going to bring energy weapons that you have the benefit that you never need to reload? And I prefer non-ballistic weapons in Star Citizen for that reason alone. Is yeah. I like yeah. not being tethered logistically back. And that's going to like it level this out with like. If you use an energy weapon, it is a lot more of a heat issue. So if you used your energy weapons constantly, you'd have to wait a long cooldown for your coolers to kick in or something. Could they counter it in yeah. some way? Basically nerf everything, so I don't know. See, there's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of ways they could go about it. It's just a matter of, yeah. it, it gets complicated very quickly because there's so many ships, there's so many weapons, there's so much expansion they're going to do. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't yeah, think Red Monster. I don't, I don't think we got your favorite. Um, I mean, aside from salvage, maybe this was this ties into that discussion. Um, the the distortion and EMP damage changes. That now, if you disable a ship with an EMP, uh, it's got a five minute cooldown before that ship can power back on. Mm -hmm. You know, and we we've been testing that out a little bit, and you can go through and you, know, you can perform shipboarding action and stuff. I think there's. Um, 
you know, I know uh, Tomato and myself are both uh, Saber Raven owners. You know, where that ship, its its primary call has been the the dual EMPs. You know, it's it it finally looks dangerous, and I'm excited about that because it's been a hanger queen for a long time. But does yeah. uh, does distortion slash EMP stop a ship from being able to self destruct? I want to say no, but we could test that out. Uh, I, I, I don't feel know like somebody's tested it, it, but I can't remember what they. Yeah, uh, it, it'd if be it doesn't, program. if it doesn't, it's always going to be better to soft kill the ship. Yeah, which kind of sucks. So hopefully, yeah, I believe it, yeah. it's whatever is not done in soft kill. So soft kill disables self destruct, right? Soft kill does disable self destruct. Yeah, so I yes. think distortion does not. Ah, there we go. But if you distort, you got five minutes to go try and soft kill that ship. And I've I've shaped weapons off of a vandal blade and you know left it just kind of neutered out there in space. It's <laughs> It'll be nicer that way too if I mean if pirates decide to be kind. Because if you if you get attacked and you get soft killed and the people are like, hey, you're you're done. Let us come take your stuff, you'd be like, okay, take my stuff and leave. And then you're just left there with a useless ship. But if you get disarmed yeah. via distortion, at least you can still fly away afterward. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So back to the salvage thing just before we move on, because for me that is the biggest thing 318 brings. Mm -hmm. But not just because it's a new profession um but for me like bringing the reclaimer compared to and it's interesting and i'm really interested to hear red's thoughts on this because you have all your mining stuff going on in your like group mine streams to me group mining is not super uh multi-crewish in the way that when you look at like taking a reclaimer out right you've got to have somebody actually doing the whole scraping, but you got to have someone in back, which is what you don't have in a mole, right? That's actually moving the boxes off and kind of organizing yeah. things like that. And I've got a lot of friends that I've got into Star Citizen, mostly coming over from DCS. You know, it's like they don't want to be the captain. They don't want to be a pilot. They want to be crew members. And they've not played Star Citizen since, like, backing for the first time and kind of enjoying a IAE or something like that because they've been waiting for this true multi-crew and 318 for me is really like that's what like I'm stares me in the face every time I log into it it's like yeah. wow I can finally get those guys in here to actually go take this reclaimer out and go yeah, yeah. the reclaimer is at least a three-man job I mean I mean yeah. I'd, I'd say minimum three I'd say four to be safe because you yeah pilot two tractor beams somebody in the back yeah <laughs> Or to uh, oh, yeah. salvage tools, and that's that's yeah, without man. the tractor beams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the reclaimer is just going to get bigger and better. Yeah, this time goes too. But I mean, that's what I solo. I don't have a mole anymore, but I used to solo in the mole all the time. Yeah, because you could, and I've tried soloing in the reclaimer. And one, you sit in the wrong seat, you get stuck. But two, <laughs> just you really can't. You know, you're like, all right, now I got to run all the way to the back of the ship so that I can go move the boxes. Yeah, run all the way back. Yeah. You know. It's, you just can't do it. You really cannot solo it efficiently. And that, that's what I'm so excited about is it's really we're starting to see the reality of multi-crew come into the verse in a way that it hasn't yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's and really I, I kind of laid out I kind of laid out some of my criticisms of the multi-crew mining is that there there's not a single rock in the verse right now that you can't break with a properly equipped prospector. Right? You you're doing a double surge method, but 
you know, you can break that rock and haul it all back by yourself. You know, what, what we do in our multi-crew is, uh, you know, we'll have one person on a laser and one person piloting for a mole. And if we get to a large rock, we'll, we'll just, you know, the pilot pops into one of the lasers and helps with the first break and then can go back up if they want to keep the ship from bouncing or, you know, yeah. I mean, solo mole has been huge. You know, there I haven't really been, they fixed that issue. Sorry. Yeah. They, oh they haven't been uh, putting in anything that requires uh, an actual second laser consistently. Right. And that's, yeah. that's one of the aspects I've, I've brought up and it's, you know, when we split up our roles in multi-crew, it's not about, you know, putting everybody into mining laser turrets. It's about saying, okay, these people are out there surveying. These people are running our security. And these are the couple of mining operators. You know, yeah. we'll have a mole crew's max of two just for the convenience of having somebody in that pilot seat occasionally and having that second laser. Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, the reclaimer, absolutely. Uh, we were running it with five people and having a great time of it. You know, I, I've, you know, profitability has still to be decided uh, based on what balances they throw in there, but um, they've already made changes to the scraper modules and things that make make a reclaimer more effective than a prospector. Well, you know, or or even three or not a Come vulture. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I I think next year is the year of multi crew. Um, I mean, like you said, salvage is in. That's a huge step to it. Cargo refactor is big. We're getting the next version of the cargo refactor. We'll talk about that in a minute with the freight elevators. You're going to have to have people who are loading your ships. You're going to have to have people who are re resource managing their engineers. Um, we might have vehicle tractor beams, which means new operator modes that could come into ships. There's so much potential next year for multi-crew multi stuff. So I'm, I'm feeling that excitement too. Let's, let's talk about next year. Let's jump into the exciting speculation stuff. So we just got the letter from the chairman. And I think it gave us some decent details about what's going on next year. It didn't really time anything out. Um, but we did get confirmation of a couple of things that are for sure coming. So what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll, I'll read those out here for us. And then we will jump into kind of 319. And then from there, keep going through the year. And you guys can say when you think one of these features that I list out might be coming. But what it said in the letter from the chairman uh, was that the they are aiming to get new item resource management in bounty hunting v2 which is using a full tracking system with the ability to actively restrain and transport players and ai ropes and stuff persistent hangers with freight elevators allowing for stored inventory and manual loading and then towards the end of the year they specify with this they're also considering uh flexible player traversal greatly improved interaction system, FPS scanning, a new star map, new MFDs, all kinds of things we saw at Squadron 42 besides the star map. But let's, like I said, scale it back a bit. 319, let's all assume that they do get out 318 in January, and then in March or April, they want to get another update out. What do you guys foresee happening in that update? Anything in particular you think is for sure in the first quarter? Mm. I hope it's master modes, <laughs> but from what I understand, the letter from the chairman was strangely silent on master modes. It was. Yeah. I don't so, think, I think, didn't they say that master modes wasn't going to come out until, well, they kind of hinted at it wasn't going to come out until squadron came out. Well, yeah. they talked about some development for squadron 42 that they wanted for master modes, but I don't yeah. know if they said specifically that squadron 42 will come out and that will bring master modes. So I don't know. 
I think but. it'll probably be, I, I'm assuming late next year. That'd be cool if we got it in the in the first quarter patch, though, because that's a big change. Be nice it's to get our hands on change. that. Yeah. What else you guys have? Anything? I Not mean, even what that you I'd think like will to happen. That you hope for. Persistent yeah. uh, hangers is what I would like. Yeah. That's uh, that's a personal one. Why is that? For no real reason. No. I just I I want to be able to just have my stuff with the persistent energy streaming. I'd like to have, like have everything laid out. You know, maybe have like a hangar with a couple ships laid out or um, there's a screenshot somewhere. I don't have it, but there's like a cargo, like a medical bed, but for cargo, mm-hmm. I want to have them on the side and want to load up cargo or like, am- like weapons and stuff. Okay. I don't know. I just like the idea of being able to like have a little base that I can bring stuff back, keep it here. That is actual physicalized rather than an inventory thing. Yeah, you know, I got you. Build myself a little junk fort in the corner. Exactly. <laughs> You're gonna have to pay for that. <laughs> this is this is my dispose like get rid of later pile. Behold I mean, my I, stuff. I've, yeah, I've got some of the old trophies and stuff like that. It'd be nice to actually. I got a fish tank. Where's my yeah. fish tank gonna go? I got a yeah. Jukebox. Do you guys think that when we do get these persistent hangers, which now they're they're saying they expect them next year, you think they're gonna allow us to have all the kind of stuff that we got to put the flare in there, or do you think they'll be pretty basic? We got to put it somewhere. But yeah, I, yeah. I hope I we probably like when they come out they'll be basic, and then they might add like flare points in the hangar. You know, <laughs> I mean we but, had. I mean the hangers, hangers, right? The hangers are big though too, just from uh, being able to drop stuff off. Because in the good news is is that it looks like we're starting already to see some of this in three eighteen. Hopefully, really we get a lot more of it in three nineteen. Uh, but you know, it's obnoxious going back to even the reclaimer right uh it takes forever and this is something i like as a flight sim guy but um to take that thing in and out of orbit and so the last thing you really want to do is have a really successful you know excursion in a reclaimer and then get it back down to land at hurston and i would so much rather be able to have a hangar somewhere else that i could do the transfer with Mm. and move something into like an msr um to kind of do that. So for me, just the personalized hanger stuff, um, functional or not, it's exciting. I just miss my Revel in York hanger. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering how they're going to implement them because yeah, we curious. can't get the personal hangers right now. Um, are they going to just instance hangers on each of the landing zones or, or what exactly they're going to do there is still kind of in question. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think I- of player transport or uh, passenger transport gameplay they mentioned that in the month or or in the uh letter from the chairman we've seen it i think maybe once or twice before and it's kind of an important one is anybody interested in that i think it follows a theme not a a theme an important theme of when you see another video game doing something that the community likes uh that is enjoyable that tells a story and that enhances your gameplay steal it and do it so Elite Dangerous has had passenger transport missions and these sightseeing missions for years, right? Yeah, yeah. And obviously it's like you don't ever see the passengers and blah, 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 because it's Elite's a whole different game. But the idea of it was super exciting to the Elite Dangerous community when it first came out, and people just wanted to do it. People still do it. Um, and so for Star Citizen to take that idea and make their own type of it, that's really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. More interaction, create 
make the NPCs part of our story rather than just this guy we run by at the station, you know? And I'd, I'd throw in the, you know, one of the other Space Sim games, Kerbal Space Program, that, you know, that they've got passenger missions with specific destinations. And, you know, it's, while Kerbal's a completely different type of game, it's, mm -hmm. it's still enjoyable to do that. I'm, I'm excited about the prospect of doing that in Stars of the Sand. I hadn't quite gotten that far on the letter of the chairman yet, but it's... I don't want to see it until you can have a hostage situation like if you're a pirate and you can kind of <laughs> stop the people going to where they want to go and then you can somehow you know well i'll let you go if you pay up and mm -hmm. then you can do your mission yeah oh, that's a cool idea yeah i'm excited about wanna... it uh, one because i have well i have a ccu for the starliner which it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of comes out and the e1 that they announced earlier this year to me was really a high value thing. And what I think is important about that though, is, is that I, it, the way I look at how CIG does things is that if, if that is coming in the next year, then that to me says they're working more on the NPC portion of the game, which, you know, if you go back and if, well, really, if anyone follows, you know, we're, we know that there are supposed to be way more NPCs than we already have. Uh, and so if you're going to have these NPC transport missions in a way that is not like Elite Dangerous, right, because we can see them, uh, in theory, we should see them board the ship. We should see them if we walk back in the ship during quantum travel. Yeah. So um, the idea that these NPCs are coming in, to me, begins to start pointing to development of NPC crew. Uh, and I know that is a feature most of the Star Citizen verses eagerly waiting for and dying for, one. especially as more multi-crew stuff comes out. A lot of ships are going to break from the solo standpoint if we can't start getting those NPC crews in. Yeah. So to me, that's I like kind it. of an omen, tea leaf reading. Yeah, I like the idea of going out with a hammerhead full of NPC turrets. Just because I, like, I, sometimes I want to fly the hammerhead, but people aren't around. Um, and sometimes I want to be part of a ship and have crew, um, you know, and not always your friends are online. So I don't know. Dude, I think that would cool. be really cool, Ollie, is if you could have an NPC fly your hammerhead across the system and tell it where to go. And then you're just one of the gunners. Obviously, That's he's a... not as good of a pilot as you are, but yeah, that just is a mission cool. on rails, basically. Yeah, I agree with the idea that passenger transport means more than just tra passenger transport. Because like, like you said, Lednap, I mean, this includes them marking up AI to be able to navigate onto a ship, to find a usable in that ship, to sit down <laughs> with that usable. We can't use the elevators. How are the NPCs going to do it? <laughs> um, got a revolutionary solution to elevators, by the way. It's called stairs. Ooh, big, <laughs> big brain moves. That's, that's 4D yeah. chess, man. Hey, as far as I know, we don't legs. even have ladders tier two yet. I think that got kicked down the roadmap last I checked. Yeah, so, that, they, they talked about it in the letter. Uh, the if we don't have ladders traversal. tier two, then don't expect stairs tier two anytime soon. <laughs> Just saying. Walking tier three. <laughs> One foot in front of the other. Uh, but yeah, the, the idea of this passenger transport and also the other side of it, which they talk about, is the actively rest restraining people. It's like, that means we're going to be able to A, tie people up. I know, a little kinky, but like it's needed for bounty hunting and stuff like that. And then B, also transport people. They talked about how dragging people right now is not very reliable when you're transporting somewhere a long distance for things like bounty hunting, getting someone into your ship, stuff like that. 
And they talked about the idea of having a kind of over-the-shoulder fireman carry style yes, of thing. Yes, fireman carry, please. Yeah. So that maybe that's something that they're also going to look into when it comes to this, which would just be another great feature added for a, a new gameplay style. So that's cool. And yeah. honestly... The thought of me getting tied up on stream, though, is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like I can't get out of this situation, and so, like four pirates have stream sniped me, and now I'm tied up in the back of a reclaimer. What do I we've do? We've talked about that a few times. What might happen yeah. there? I think when your character becomes either incapacitated or, uh, what's the word, detained in some way, there may be a screen or a pop up that comes up and says, "Hey, you've been detained. Would you like to give up and continue your journey elsewhere?" Let's say that I detain a bounty and he's in the butt of my hawk and I'm taking him to prison, right? On his screen, he would see, would you like to wait, try to wait for rescue, see what happens? Or would you like to give up and then you'll respawn start in prison? Your prison. Yeah. Start, start your that. prison sentence yeah. and I will get to finish my gameplay taking your body to prison or you taking like your a NPC doll. body. To, yeah. 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 I um, think they've talked about that I think that, that could work, too. you know. Officially yeah. speaking, I think they've I'm, mentioned that that yeah, sure. from, yeah. I'm just worried about it. Like the idea of a fireman carry because I've got some, you know, people in my community that really enjoy taking the dead bodies. So I'm a little worried about where that's going to go with them. Like, kind of like a <laughs> back to my addiction of some sort. Again. Now it's like they're hoarding the dead NPCs already, and this is just going to make it easier. I mean, it's we're just bored. Worried. Give us more to do in the game, and we'll stop doing weird breaking stuff. <laughs> like one million. <laughs> Maybe. One million UEC to the first person who fills their personal hangar completely full of bodies top to bottom. <laughs> Is this like Sears <laughs> Grown Necromancy? I, yeah. You know that clip where every, like all that cargo falls from the atmosphere all the way onto the ground? It's like yeah. instead of cargo boxes, it's literally just going to be a month's worth of like captures. You could do that <laughs> right now by filling a ship full of dead body or full of bodies and then just destroying the ship and they, the bodies would all fall. Like it's a cup full man. of bodies. Yeah. 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 Could set this, it up. This got weird quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Back to the to the topic at hand. <laughs> Going into 2023, I guess since this is coming out in 2023, having gone into 2023, this is the first year we're going in with a vastly reduced roadmap. We've been doing the four quarter roadmap since 3.0, and then last year they made the decision to kind of shy it up a little bit, only give us like a quarter in advance. And unfortunately, with the way that 3.18 has played out, we now basically. <laughs> For the next month, have no idea what's happening in development. We, we won't be, I think we might get a monthly report, but we're not going to be getting any roadmap up, uh, roundups. There's no release view updates. There's no progress tracker updates. We don't know what's going on first quarter of next year. Does that make you at all nervous? Does that bother you? Do you not care? No, um, it doesn't bother me. And that's, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm famous for this and maybe it makes me a really bad star citizen YouTuber, but I do not put a ton of stock into the roadmap. And that's just because I've been covering the game for a while. I mean, I'll use the Polaris as an example because it's back on the roadmap. Great. It's my favorite ship. I cannot wait for it to be in the game, but it's been on the roadmap before. It's come off the roadmap. The Merchantman's been put on the roadmap. It's come off the roadmap. And so for me, enough things go on and come off that really actually them shortening the timeline and saying, look, we're really kind of lining this up more is it's a little more honest. It gives me a little more hope that the Polaris actually comes out now. Um, so it doesn't alarm me and knowing that they're going into their break 
that we're just we're not going to have details. They're going to do their meetings in January to really decide kind mm-hmm. of what gets the emphasis. So it doesn't worry me that it's so devoid right now. It'll get filled in. Uh, but I think it's actually a better thing that they've shortened the the foresight on it so that we're not upset that something that they thought would come out in quarter four got moved. It's too far off. It's such a big project. I'm okay with yeah. where it's at right now. It's It's been a double-edged sword, right? That mm-hmm. they can show their plans out for a year, but the plans change, you know, and and that's part of the nature of the development they're doing. Like, there's no other space game doing what they're aiming for, and so there's a lot of unknown unknowns out there. They they don't know how to plan for, and, and as things shift, people would lose faith in the project, but realistically, yeah. it was just... It's it's the tool you take when you do this. So, you know, I think they just shot themselves in the foot, really, because they've yeah. done it now. So I feel like there's an expectation for them to keep doing it um, and maintain it. You mean the and I think if now? they stopped, yeah, and I think if they stopped or they were slow to update it, I think it would come across like, oh, the project's slowing down or the project's losing focus. Yeah, um, but I think I, they've, you know, they dealt with that a lot. I mean, over the years of them missing uh sort of the like you said the more extended deadlines the four quarters out three quarters out how much those features shift around people just thought that the project was literally spiraling uh the drain because they just couldn't get things delivered and it's it's funny because the same thing's probably happening now happening but we just don't see it but i'm more of a actions speak louder than words kind of guy and you know this looking at you know ahead to topics for later even but the for me, 2018, 2019 were these hallmark years of Star Citizen development. I mean, every patch, the game radically changed. And, you know, it's COVID is probably what really, hopefully this, you know, doesn't get thrown off Twitch now because I said the bad words. But the, uh, you know, really derailed everything I felt like. And 2023 for me, like, I feel like 318 is really CIG getting back in stride. And for me, the fact you look at 318 and there is so much coming out and that leaves me, you can shorten the timeline on the thing that at least I don't regard as very accurate anyways. Um, The people that are gonna, the haters, the salty citizens are gonna sit there and be like, no, you know, it's a scam. It's not working well. This is the proof in the pudding. They're going to say that anyways. They're going to say that regardless of what CIG does at the roadmap. But shortening the roadmap and giving me actual results in the patch tells me, nope, the project is alive and well. We are seeing the progress we have been waiting for. And it leaves me believing that 319 is not two or three years away and that it's going to be filled with good things in a way that 317.1 from 317.2 isn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think their actions are delivering where, again, they're they're always going to receive the backlash from people saying they're slowing down or they're closing shop or whatever. But the actions, to me, erase that doubt in my mind. Yeah. I think also to their their credit for the the 317 patch, you know, they they did talk about a lot of backend service uh, improvements. Um, networking improvements, you know, we went from 50 to 100 player cap, like 
that's a huge amount of development that went into making that work. But the players, we don't see a new gameplay. Or, you know, we don't see a new ship. What we see is the server count increasing. And it's it's an abstract concept for a lot of people. But that was a lot of development that went into making that possible and some of the other systems that they're working on. So I think, you know, to the letter in the chairman from back in like May, you know, they talked about this, this being a slow time as far as the front end gameplay, because they're trying to get those back end services in, in, in a state where we can move into that 4.0, you know, we can go into the persistent entity streaming and unlock that, that blocker that's been holding us back from, you know, the next generation of what the game is supposed to be. Yeah, and I I didn't mean any of that to be a, a negative on those patches oh, yeah. because you got to get the back end. The foundation if the foundation is trash, the house is just going to fall apart. And they yeah. the foundational stuff doesn't have the ritzy uh, excitement right that salvage gets. Yeah, but I just three eighteen to me there it's it is different from or sorry yeah three eighteen sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah mixed no, up I, got, I, would, I get what you meant you know it's is the PTU right now is so different from what we have um, that it really shows. And like I said, for even though the back end stuff doesn't feel there, we're like I said, and I'll leave it at that is I really feel like they're reaching their stride again. They, you know, they've really picked back up and that's what's leaving me not afraid. So you, yeah. you guys are kind of feeling okay with the fact that we're going into the year blind just because you feel like they've started to really prove that they can get stuff into the game and you're not too worried that even though we can't see it, they, they aren't going to be like holding things back or anything like that. Well, I, so I want to, I want to dial it back. Like, I don't know, a year and a half or whatever it was mm -hmm. at one point, CIGs, they talked about this pretty openly. They were like, look, the next year or so is going to be kind of slow on the PU. And I think they knew why. And then we kind of heard as it was coming out, like, okay, Squadron 42 is becoming more of a focus, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not like they said, like, we're going to have tons of updates for the PTU. And then they didn't. It was, they said the PTU was going to be slow because they're redoing a bunch of backend stuff and, and, and Squadron 42 has kind of become the focus. And then that's what happened, you know? So I can't really fault them for communicating that that's going to happen. And then it happening I can't judge them that much um, for, for that. There's little things you can nitpick all day, but the, the overall theme is, you know, they realize like, hey, to make this car go, we got to change out the transmission. And you're not going to see that because we're not putting new rims on it. We're not putting new tires on it. We're not putting a new hood on it. We're not, you know, changing all these things. We're changing out the transmission and you're probably not going to see that, but it's going to happen over the next year, you know? Um, and all the little flashy updates you know, aren't going to be as common, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of what I've seen and what's transpired. And so from a micro lens, you have these things to nitpick, but from a macro lens, you know, you, you zoom out a ways and you're like, oh, it's kind of gone the way that they said it was going to go. So I don't really, yeah, I don't really have a lot of judgment there. You know? Yeah. The time is the problem, but the, 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 the hits, the, the steps that they're trying to take seem to mostly follow what they say. Some of the stuff gets a little lost, but I actually just had a talk earlier, uh, was that yesterday, with Montoya about how they haven't quite gotten any org features in, even though that was technically around the same time that Persistence was supposed to come in, but, you know, priorities. But I agree, they, they're off a bit on timing. Uh, things are difficult, but they tell us things are going to be difficult, and we know that they're kind of off on timing. And kind of like you guys were saying, you know, um, 
318 PTU is showing that the the advancements are coming in. They might, might they might not be flashy, but they are carrying the game forward. I I think 318 is both flashy and technical behind the scenes. Yeah. Like I think if they had just brought in the the player facing stuff like the cargo, you know, being physicalized and things like that, that would have been one thing. But I think doing all that stuff plus and the new locations and doing all that stuff plus all the back end gen 12 and like persistent entity streaming i think it's like a double whammy so i think cig have at this time um earned a little bit of breathing space in the sense that they are delivering changes and the game is changing and it's getting better and i mm -hmm. think that's cool i mean it's not perfect the ptu needs work still before it goes live but needs work um yeah. but it is definitely i don't to go back to your point earlier i don't really want to go back to the 3.17 i'm enjoying 3.18 for everything it does do same um it really just makes it you don't think it makes too much of a difference but when you can see things just sticking around like coming across a burning spaceship on a moon you don't realize how much we've been missing that until you see it Paul like, also, oh, the yeah. amount of crash ships in the ring is just like brilliant because oh, yeah. like previously that would just disappear right and you roll up and you go, oh, Port Allison has had a rough day. People keep crashing into it. <laughs> but, like, the one most disappointing factor of, like, taking down an Idris was after it goes through its big explosion animation, the large chunks of that ship just, poof, disappear, right? <laughs> and you're like, okay, like, where's where's the rest of the evidence? Like, that was cool. But, like, before the animation was even done, the chunks of that hole have despawned. But, you know, now you you've got chunks there left over and you can actually go up get up close and personal, get more of a sense of the, the scale of it yeah. and you know, call in your... Can you salvage it? Sorry. Yeah, um, you should be able to now. Yeah. Should be able yeah, to. Somebody I, told I me they were salvaging one the other day. So yeah. Very I, haven't, I haven't salved a kill address yet because... <laughs> I've, I've actually, I'm a, I'm, for those of you that don't know, I'm kind of like a citizen baby. Like I've not been around that long. Um, I, I'm yet to see an Idris in game. Ooh. Oh yeah. Other than like, the, or, other than, you know, the patrols that have happened. You haven't yeah, gotten to do Xenothreat? Nope. Oh, man. That's the best event. You're going to yeah, love that. Xeno's my I've favorite. Been... Yeah, it's going to be just... good. But all these things, I'm looking forward to checking out. Let's talk about next year as a whole. This is kind of a, a more of a fun question. What is something that you just do not want to go all of next year without seeing get added to the game? I mean, is it a cheap shot to say the Polaris? <laughs> <laughs> no you deserve it no by all means i mean i'm sure ships are on the top of a lot of people's lists for me i'm yeah. gonna go i'm gonna go for me it's a okay. new star map i yeah. have to we yeah. i need it <laughs> i can't go another year with this star map it's gonna drive me <laughs> the nuts the current one is so dysfunctional yeah, yeah. uh for me it is i mean the the updated bounty hunting stuff is really exciting um but salvaging modules because when you destroy a ship you see modules like you're floating through the ship and you see them like oh there's the shield generator there's the power plant and it's like Ooh. just let me tractor beam that into my ship <laughs> you know yeah um so i i think it may not be that far off depending on how much either physicalization or you know actualization they need for like being able to buy and sell those things from a cargo grid i don't know but it seems like it's kind of there ish um especially with persistence so like yeah like salvaging modules um and chunks of ships and weapons and stuff is really exciting that's very yeah. cool like org gameplay to be able to build up you know like oh i took out this 
you know, high level NPC and he had like a, you know, a, a grade A military, you know, jump drive or whatever, you know, I just think that's cool. Physicalized components are kind of like salvage in that we've just been hearing about them so long. And I keep thinking they, they must be, you know, a year, two years away and just every year that we don't see them. Yeah. That would be nice. I mean, like right now you can, you can board somebody's, uh, I had somebody test this. Um, you can board somebody's reclaimer with like an FS9 or a railgun. You can go into their ship and open up the interior and shoot the module and destroy like your, their, you know, shield gens or their quantum drive. You can take it to 0% health. Like you can mm -hmm. damage it inside the ship. It's cool. That's what you have to say. The reclaimer power plant is one of my favorite assets in game. It's very cool. How are you going to yeah, salvage the... that? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be unique, that's for sure. Or the gravity generators on origin ships. Yeah, those are cool. There's those a lot cool. of components in ships that I'm like, how are you ever going to get this off of the ship if you wanted to take it out? So they're just massive and the hallways are not big enough for them, but, you know. Yeah, how would you do repair them? You know, yeah. like do a engine refit. <laughs> how does that get in and that's out? That's just another one of those things that I'm like, good luck, CIG. I mean, it's a step towards the idea of like, okay, my ship got soft killed. So like a bunch of my modules are at 0%. I can't just heal them, you know, or repair them. So I got to have a friend of mine come with his Cutlass Black or whatever and bring me a new power plant that I can install. Ooh. Like, that's just so cool. You know, like your ship is soft killed and it's like, all right, there's some things I got to repair. But if you repair them, the ship will fly again. You know, right. that's so cool. Yeah. You know, an uh, interesting question on that to CAG is what if I have an extra on board? You know, slot I mean, it in. Engineering well, right, game should work. Right, but in theory, <laughs> an EMP should switch the polarity of that of the other components as well. But it is an interesting question. Oh, it'd probably be like it's only it only affects modules that are online. That are on. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, that's yeah, what yeah. I was. Yeah, I mean, powered on sense. to get impacted. You know. I don't know. That's that's a good one though. Zero state physicalized components are like pretty important, and they're big for salvage gameplay. But we don't see too much we we saw some work on them in the past they were showing us some components and stuff but really not much talk about it mm. um anybody else have something that they really wanted to see next year oh man i want to see pyro i'm i'm excited to get that first trip through the jump gate come out on the other side and and start that exploration and you know see see what pyro's got for us yeah, yeah. i pyro's probably the big one for me both in the sense that one, I'm don't think I could do another sitcom where they hype me about going to Pyro. Um, <laughs> I it, you know, I've done I've softly knocked CAG in some videos on that. I feel like, but I also just the jump point like right now the way the verse works is based on it being a single system. And I think once jump points exist, you create these new choke points in the verse. I think the entire dynamic of how people go and where they go to do things will change, even in the Stanton system. Yeah. Uh, Iracy is gonna ramp up heavily near those jump points. Um, and that's gonna leave certain industrial people more free to go do things in the system where pirates currently hunt them down because the risk for reward is going to be so much better at the jump point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pyro for me is, uh, and if not pyro, then next, you know, give me, give me jump points and give me a second system. And I think that's, you know, when we were talking about 317 to 318, I felt like 318 has been very much a put up or shut up patch for CAG. 
and they have they have shown up for that and now i think the next piece of that the next big kind of put up or shut up moment is giving us pyro just a quick comment about it for years a quick comment on that i think this is probably the first patch that has been hyped up by cig that came out and i was actually impressed like i felt like it it met the level of expectations that i had set and they kind of downplayed the expectations a little bit going into it which was probably smart on their part um but it's nice it's nice to get satisfied with the patch uh, under promise and over deliver yes it absolutely is. it 101 first. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, setting expectations but it's the op- it's it's the opposite of the other patches in the way that yeah they downplayed it i have I went into the PTU like, all right, yeah, there's gonna be salvage and a couple of other things, and then everywhere you turn, you're like, oh, that's different. something new to do. Yeah, it was nice. The yeah. comment about how much the law changes with pyro coming in and jump points is a big one. I think gets gets missed a lot because right now you'll have a conversation with somebody about, you know, a player is flying from a city up to a space station, let's say New Babbage up to Port Tressler, and they just get shot down and killed by a pirate. In, in Stanton, you're going to say, hey, that's griefing. Like, you not. there's no reason for you to do that. That's dumb. In Pyro, that's piracy. They'd probably be okay with it. It's like once you start to get that separation of play spaces, the definitions and the way that people interact with the law start to change. And hopefully that leads to kind of a more, I guess, straightforward experience in Stanton. Something that's more expect, yeah. you can expect it- more it gives players more freedom in different areas but it also gives the devs devs more freedom so let's say and this is pretend here that there is a high security system then there's stantum which is like a medium security system and then there's like pyro which is null sec basically mm-hmm. um in stanton like crime happens you know but there's some consequences blah, blah 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 like you know it's kind of like a do anywhere go anywhere do anything kind of system Pyro is very like high risk. And then if you have a high security system, I don't know what it would be. Like, let's say that they had a high security system. Yeah. The idea is that you do like you kill a guy and like the entire system is after you. Everywhere you go, there's there's, you know, police chasing you or like, you know, security chasing you, that kind of thing. Um, and that allows the developers to start creating, I think, rules that say, hey, this is a safe place for new players because this is a high security system. Profits aren't necessarily high here but risk is also very low. And then yeah. what you can find in Pyro, you know, um, the risk is much higher typically, but the profits are also much higher. Your, your possibilities are much are almost endless in a place like that. It's more yeah. freedom for the player. Um, and when we have the one system, it's very hard to make one system for every type of player. Exactly. You know? the, yeah. types of, the type of player that wants to do have more risk and more reward, and then the type of player who wants to play it safe and just enjoy the game and, you know, take screenshots or whatever they want to. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think that's a ship guy that matters too because I mean, using the reclaimer as an example or maybe the mole but the reclaimer is probably a better one in that higher security system a reclaimer isn't going to make money right but it is the sort of system that you could put a two-man crew on a reclaimer and say yep uh, the pilot will run in back and do the boxes and one guy on the on the scraper uh, mm-hmm. sort of a scenario if you want to make money with the bigger ships where you're required to take seven or eight people that you've got to cut whatever that profit is seven ways now. Uh, however you want to look at doing that. Um, if you want to go into pyro, that's where the money is. That's where the, there's plenty of it to be there, but you better have that full crew. Cause you're going to have to man the turrets and you should probably take some security with you. Um, 
that sort of value to the ships is important. And I think that'll also begin to change the dynamic about what ships people choose to take. If you're in that higher security system, no reason to go any bigger than a vulture. Yeah, uh, it'll make money and you're not going to get attacked. So what do you care? And I think also that ties into a, a longer term reputation for players. Like right now we have the crime system and, you know, prior to 318, you go murder a whole crew uh, in a reclaimer or a mole, right? And you have maybe maybe a four or five hour long prison sentence. You can be out in 20 minutes with a couple of missions. With 318, that's a much longer experience now where it starts to balance that out. The the risk versus reward, you know, you're you're gonna lose potentially a million credits worth of you know modules and and load on a mole where the person who did that gets 20 minutes in prison to escape. Yeah, and looking at you know potential features in the future i don't know if it's on the roadmap but kind of that long-term player reputation that that goes on a permanent record that can be looked up and you know pops up in scan data for players to say okay like is this someone i should trust you know if i'm an out at an outpost and somebody's over there in a, a random ship like can i can i look at what their dossier says and and decide whether i should start calling in for security now or you know maybe interact with them in some other way so yeah yeah, there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of options. Um, when it comes to server meshing and, and I guess the pyro system itself, we've just now seen the uh, letter from the chairman for the end of 2022, where they're talking a little bit about what's gonna happen next year with with server meshing and everything. I'm gonna leave a le I'm gonna sorry read a little excerpt from the report here. Uh, it says the next step. This is regarding server meshing coming into the game is to separate the replication layer, the in-game cache that remembers all dynamic object states from the game server and have scalable replication layer workers that communicate the state changes between the various game clients, servers, and replication layer. So that's a, a, a lot of mumbo jumbo, but um, they included the replication layer to work with persistent entity streaming. And it's kind of the separation of the simulation and the, the data that they're actually saving. And the, the putting this in that letter was kind of interesting because it wasn't really a big detail they pointed out in the last one when they talked about sort of going from PES to server meshing. But it does sound like this could be a little bit more time in between that, that they're, they're kind of trying to slip this in and be like, hey, there's there's decent amount of work that we're going to need to do. So expect this. Um, but from what they've said in that in that letter and from what you guys have seen in the past month or two, do you think we might actually see Pyro? by the end of 2023 like realistically speaking i don't think so <clears throat> because and i and i don't mind it either because i feel like pyro is going to be such a huge um fix as in it's going to make players who are on the orbit of star citizen come back they maybe have heard of pyro they played a bit of star citizen and you know they feel like they had the star citizen experience mm -hmm. And they're waiting for Pyro to come in. And I think CIG should just be patient in time. <laughs> I say that lightly, but they should be patient to release Pyro. Because if they release Pyro and the elevators don't work, or, you know, insert weird bug here, then it's just people are just going to think the game hasn't progressed, regardless of whether or not Pyro's in the game. So, personally, I want them to make sure like the foundations there those weird bugs are not there and then release pyro 
That's my take. It's it's a bit of a controversial one because I know you guys have been you've done this rodeo before and you've you've waited for Pyre for a long time. We're waiting. I, I I fully support the idea of slowing down and doing it right because like we're only gonna gonna get Pyro launched once, right? And the better they do that, you know, you've you've developed that system once, right? We we develop a second star system and then you know, developing the third, fourth, and fifth, those those will hopefully all learn from the experiences they've had from, you know, one and two. Uh, but, you know, you need to spend the time up front to make sure it's it's done right. So I, I think <clears throat> looking at it for me, the uh, I think Pyro could be in by the end of next year. I And I think that's a reasonable goal, but in setting expectations too, what does that pyro look like right i mean and this is what takes me back to thinking about you know 314 315 um i'm fine with pyro coming in and it's essentially just a lagrange point right we get the jump point and you come in and like and it it's stanton all how it was years ago where there are planets they don't have their moons necessarily there's nothing on them uh, kind of like how Crusader had been for so long, uh, just kind of placeholder. And I think that that has to happen uh, for me because the technology of giving us a second system uh, on the back end is pretty heavy. And I would rather CIG put us through those paces with a pyro system that's pretty empty. It's lawless. There's plenty of wrecks in there. There's plenty of asteroids to go mine. There's reasons to go there. But there's not much there and there's not a lot of objects in it necessarily yet. And that gives them time to work out those details versus I think some people and I'm interested to know what you guys think on this want a fully fleshed out pyro system. But yeah. for me, it's I'm fine with getting how we used to have Stanton and then them populating it. And hey, in the next patch, pyro two is going to be fleshed out and that'll be really exciting. And it kind of gives you that buildup, but it's for me, I have questions on the long-term piece of the project and on the eventual release of the game that CIG has to have procedural generation in place in order to develop all these systems, because if it takes them a decade to build a system, then my great grandchildren will enjoy the release. And so for me, the time is kind of now for CIG to start really pushing that. How do we start implementing these different systems? They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be full. Um, but to start, you know, let's start working out the jumps. Let's start seeing how the servers have to bounce you from one system to another system. And I don't mean server system, in-game system. So, I think yeah. for me personally, it's like Pyro from a like i'm i guess i'm thinking at it from a like cig project perspective that it needs to come out and it needs to be finished is the wrong word but it needs to be almost like it needs Populated. to be in a place Populated. it needs the location yeah. it needs to be fleshed out and i think you're probably right and that it will come out and it will be somewhat finished and you'll like you said you'll be able to go there do some mining and whatnot but I don't think it's going to be detailed in like in comparison to Stanton. I, I think that's how it will come out. I wish it didn't. I wish it 
it was would wait until it was ready. I don't know what chat thinks of that or you guys think of that, but I kind yeah. of, from a project perspective, I think it's better off waiting. To be fair, Stanton is a test bed for a lot of things. So it's actually possible that Stanton will become less densely populated with little areas and things to do. I'm not sure of that, but um, because Stanton's the only place they have right now to test things, uh, there's mm. pyro assets in Stanton right now. Some of those like outposts and stuff, like it's pretty clear that like, oh, this asset was clearly made for pyro and they put it into Stanton. Yeah. That being said, I think I'd agree mostly that when pyro comes out, I'd like to see this the system of pyro be relatively fleshed out. Um, things to do, places to go, all the moons and planets done, um, maybe some locations not in, whatever. Um, but I'd like to see them build a system. Now, that being said, I think that releasing a system, a whole system, and having the community test that system and releasing server meshing at the same time is a huge undertaking that would be insanely difficult uh, for a, a for the community to test and b for the devs to get all of that right at the same time for one patch release. So I'll say what I think maybe should happen and then I'll say what I think will happen. What I think should happen is that they complete Pyro to a place where they can say, we can populate this with players. And then when you go to the main menu, they have an update where they say, Pyro is now ready to go in and you two go there. But you have to choose, hey, I want to log into Pyro at the main menu. Pyro is its own set of servers, not server mesh yet. And it allows us as players and as a community to go into Pyro to test it in that vacuum of we are in Pyro. We are testing some Pyro stuff. Uh, get, the, you know, get the devs feedback on different things. Allow them to flesh it out. Uh, and then say, okay, we have Stanton. We have Pyro. They've both been kind of you know, given some feedback by the community, they're in a good spot individually. Now we can work in a big patch cycle to mesh those together. You know, I don't mm. know if putting out pyro and putting in server meshing between the two is really a great idea uh, all at once. I think that's just maybe just it'd be too much bandwidth, I think. But that maybe that's just me. But sounds like yeah, a more I, hardcore I, version of what happens with 318, to be honest. Yeah. Go ahead, Red. I I do agree that you know separating the release of Pyro along with the server meshing, those those are both major significant changes. You'd want to get those right individually on their own. I I do see, and it, it sounds like they've already done the amount of work required to make Pyro feel populated. That when we get it released, you know, I honestly I'd I'd be disappointed if we got a Pyro that is simply a Port Olasar over a Crusader that we can't fly to. You know that I I think. You need to deliver on the planets and the moons. We've we've had Stanton as the test bed, where they've learned how to do those things correctly over the over the years. You know, the 2.63 patch, whatever it was when we first got that. We we need to be able to have a populated system with things to do, places to go, places to visit that is maybe not as entertaining or as populated as Stanton is, but at least be 60 or 80 percent of the of the amount of content you can create in Pyro uh, in order for it to be something that people actually want to go in and, and engage with. Right. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because we're looking at it from two different sides. To me, what I want is in, and to kind of take exactly how zero put it, because that's, I don't think it's possible to put it in such a way that, we could 
just get the fully fleshed out system and the jump points and everything and it's just all there i don't think the back end is ready for that and so for me what pyro what most important pyro represents to me is the ability to go through the jump point and be in a second system and that's why i was saying what i what would be okay with and would be ideal to me is getting the jump point getting the second system being able to go between them and have CAG really refine that and make that work. And then from there, I know CAG can build a system because I've watched them build Stanton over the years. Then they drop Stanton in, or sorry, drop the whole pyro system in and kind of in its entirety. But to me, getting the back end of going between the two comes first. And listening to you guys, you're saying, if I have to go to the menu to switch between the two, I don't care. I just want a more fleshed out, a second system to play yeah. in. I wouldn't I think, care about that for a patch cycle, you know, while they get some things right. ready to, yeah. to get in the mesh. But and I can't think, do it long term. I think it comes, it comes from how long you've been waiting. Honestly, I would I would be cool with that out maybe last year, the, the beginning of 2022, like when we were originally expecting Pyro, but we've had so much time for Pyro <laughs> to progress while server meshing is being worked on that I, I, I want to see it complete. Not complete, like, oh, yeah, 10 years, it won't be different. But I want to see the next version, you know, like the Reclaimer derelict, the, uh, the, the Caterpillar derelict. These were all like the next version of the derelicts they had before. I want to see how they can step it up from Stanton now. How can you make a system that feels more like a system and less like just a play box? And, you know, it also comes down to the whole idea of they say that Pyro needs server meshing. They will be launching together. Are they hooked on that because it's not the server meshing in between the jump points right that's something that they could probably separate with a different sort of loading process it's the it's that simulation of the system you're in so do they really absolutely need server meshing for pyro or could they somehow figure out how to decouple those but either uh, way i don't I, think that there's no way that they don't have a way to place you in a system mm -hmm. without them being meshed like all, they would have to attach it to in my analogy that would have to attach it to the main menu via like a drop down but they already sort of do that when you make a character you know uh you choose your landing zone and you choose your spawn location that kind of stuff so it could just be a drop down you know um right. would you like to go to stanton today or would you like to go to pyro today and go and play there just not for long obviously but it just feels like they they can i don't see why they couldn't you know yeah, yeah. would you be okay with an instance load um you fly to the jump point similar to like going to the main menu, right? You fly to the jump point, you arrive at the jump point. Do you want to go to pyro? Yes. And you load over. Interestingly, so that's sort through. of, I'm, I don't want to say that happens, but okay, let's say that you are in a party. You're, we're in a party together. Right. And I'm at the main menu and I load in, but you're already in a server. You get a pop-up right now that says, hey, your party, your party leader has launched into a server. Would you like to change servers? And you right. click yes, and it changes you to that other server. It doesn't always work, but it usually does. Um, so that's kind of a thing already, sort of-ish, where it can take you from one place and put you into another place based upon, you know, uh, a game decision of either a party member or in this analogy, you go to a jump point and it says, would you like to go to Pyro? Yes. And then you actually load out of Stanton and into Pyro. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, I'd say it's doable. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like they, they want to do it. Yeah, yeah it seems like the, they want to do both way. at once. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's a lot more in the back end that they've got. Oh, of course. Where they, they can yeah. see that, you know, because we can't see that, right? If, yeah. they, if they think they can do it, then I'm all for it, you know? 
I'm um, gonna assume that they know what the most efficient way to go about implementing this is. <laughs> Let's hope so. I don't think yeah, they design games. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, a, that's a bold uh, statement. Well, you know, I, the way I see it, you either trust that they're doing what they can or you think that they're incompetent and like stop putting the money and effort in. I'm I'm going to sit here and Making assume games that... Making is hard, man. Yeah, I'm going to assume that they're they're going <laughs> to do what they can to best put it in and the yeah. way that they're doing it, it, it works better than, you know, how we're saying it, it, it should I, be I done. I don't know that I would put it as binary as either they can or that they'd be incompetent as somebody who works in it and i'm not a software engineer though but like the amount of things i interact with on a daily basis where it's this is how it was programmed to work and we thought it worked but they kind of have to tweak it i don't see it necessarily of a point of incompetence but a point i regularly make to people that are like you know all these other games have procedural generation why doesn't star citizen why doesn't star citizen have this Oh, someone else did this. And it's like, yeah, the the tools are out there that someone else has done, but no one has ever put this together like CAG is trying to do. And they're in a lot of ways forging kind of a new frontier here. And so it's to me not so much a, oh, well, it didn't work because they were incompetent, but they they launch it for us to, you know, stress test in a sense because they're really building something new. So I guess that's kind of it's yeah. to me why. You know, I mean, it's a trial and error process, right? Like, right. Yeah. They're going to have an wanna... idea of what they want to do, but they're not always going to know 100% whether or not they've got planned is going to work. Yeah. You guys want to guess... hear some depressing math we did? Sure. Uh, <laughs> always. Uh, it's sort of depressing. So okay. we talked about 125 systems, right? Or 120 systems. And we started talking about how long CIG thinks it's going to take them to make a moon or a, or a planet, right? And they were like, if they can get making every moon or planet fully featured, fully fleshed out in four days. And we did like a conservative number of moons and planets per system. Uh, it was like something like 11 years to get to 120 systems. So I was like, they're going to have to find a way to make moons and planets faster. To be Full honest, stop. that is so much sooner than I would think they'd reach 120. I, I'm not, oh, our, I don't Our think... numbers were conservative. We were like seven moons, seven moons per system, three planets per system on average. And then yeah, we just took that average and said, if they can make one moon or planet every four days and like be done with it, then it's going to take like 11 years. So I, the I, idea that they can implement some kind of procedural generation to make moons and planets is extremely important. They need to yeah, teach yeah. a system to make star systems in their game. They have to do it. Yeah. Because if and they don't, we're going to be dead before the game is done. And it feels like <laughs> so that's what they've been doing, right? Well, yeah, yeah I think they've been teaching. Yeah, they've been figuring out how to make moons and planets and things, which is good. But here's one prime example of like them populating a system after the procedurally assisted generation part is done. Um, you look at the racetracks that they're introducing. They they brought in the snake pit. You know, what did he say? It was maybe a couple of weeks of development time with, you know, I mean, how many hours did he spend in there? It, it It's going to be shortened significantly as they start learning more. They've got multiple other racetracks coming in and part of it's placing the assets, but also bringing in the, the racing gates and the checkpoint gates, uh, you know, that, that didn't exist there. But they're delivering a lot more of those assets to populate, and they've shown that developer time is pretty limited uh, requirement for each of those locations. But you know, it's each one provides something unique or something interesting to do. Right. Yeah, you know, it's always adding into the... those features, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we spent a lot of time talking about 
I guess server meshing in general. So I'm not going to keep you guys too much longer since we're already running pretty long on this one. But I want to ask about, we talked about kind of the lead up to server meshing. That would be static server meshing, the introductory segment of the tech that will come with 4.0. But after that, we know they have to then expand from static to dynamic server meshing, basically allowing for servers that can handle the load of spaces that change size in the game. Um, what do you guys, have you even thought about that? What's your timeline? in your head uh theoretically on when that like i know it's crazy but i want to hear what you guys think of that i wouldn't even want to guess that's yeah yeah i <laughs> we got to get this part first <laughs> before i can even think about uh about what that would take if they get a vision and they get a baseline which I think we're seeing a baseline come out. You know, the idea of server meshing, they're figuring out what they want, quanta, cargo refactor. I mean, all these things are like, this is like changing out transmissions, right? This is the important stuff that's under the hood. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to see what they do with creating systems, planets, and moons um, and how they can create them faster. Because right now we've got almost two systems in 10 years. And unless there's an exponential increase in speed, um, what then, you know? So there has to be some changes there. There has to be an exponential increase in that speed um, of development. I don't, I don't know about you really guys, but I would be genuinely happy with just 10 systems. Like oh, I yeah. know you said 120, but- Oh, well, you like, backed in 2015, Yeah. right? So <laughs> you're probably happier with 10 systems, but people yeah. back in 2013, when there were backer rewards, like we're gonna have this many systems and do this many things, probably won't be that happy with just 10 systems, you know? To be Which, honest. I mean, it's not that they wouldn't play the game, they wouldn't enjoy the game, it's just that they wouldn't, it wouldn't be what they were told would happen, you know? Yeah, I, I would be okay with 10 systems in the sense that it, it, it offers me so much more gameplay than I think I, I need, like even three systems. Like, let's be honest, they could fill Stanton with a certain amount of gameplay and that would be a, a huge game on its own. Mm -hmm. So like in terms of things to do or like what it would be like at launch or something, uh, 10 systems, yeah. Nope fine perfectly fine to me but also, I, I like the interaction with players and with over 120 systems like how often are you going to bump into people yeah well i will say this i can't remember where i saw it i was reading it's in the chairman letter somewhere but now i've lost it um where he, he talks about how many people they want on a single server shard eventually and he said mm. tens plural tens of thousands so if there's 10 systems and there are tens of thousands of players in that same shard you'll bump into people all the time you know, well, so it's what Chris wants. Yeah, it's what he wants. I'm not saying it's what happened. But even if they can get to 2000, 2000 players over 10 systems is, you know, that's 200 per system. Like you're going to bump yeah. into people all the time, you know? Yeah. 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 So when I think when you start introducing the player owned settlements and player design settlements, once we get Rastar in our hands, you know, everybody with their pioneer and any other, you know, vehicle, you know, outpost crafting, you know, it, it, I think that's going to generate a lot of population that maybe CIG doesn't have to do themselves. But, you know, 20 yeah. systems there might start to feel a little crowded when everybody's got an eight kilometer land claim, you know? Yeah. Well, true. and I, I don't, I don't like the idea of saying 10 years, two systems because Pyro has been developed a lot faster. And I, I agree that we need exponential growth, but I don't think the graph is necessarily as bad as it seems. Pyro, we don't really know exactly how long they've been working on it. And 
when I look at the roadmap, I actually, the way they put certain things in there, get a little concerned, like there's nothing there now. Um, I know that's not the case because they've been showing us stuff, but um, I, I think legitimately Pyro is going to take longer. Nick's probably coming after that will go a lot faster. And I really think that, yeah, we're looking at a couple of systems a year. And even though, yes, even, you know, 11 years to completion of 125 in the same way that we have ships that will not come into the game until after release, there are going to be systems that don't come in until after release. Oh, same yeah. with 11 years. And I know, I know, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth and, you know, zero and be like, yeah, no, he, he's saying it's not going to release Confirmed. for another 11 years. Quote him. Uh, you know, but as the idea that Spectrum Post complaining about it, then I'm fine with it. Fair enough. Uh, post. You know, the, but you know, I actually like the idea that even after the game is released, there will continue to be development yeah. that comes on, and, and oh, yeah, I'm okay. Absolutely. Like I said, with the idea that hey, it released there's ten systems. That ten systems is going to feel huge compared to what we have all played with for the last number of years i hope well the exciting thing is that let's say they teach a a system a computer right they teach hal 9000 to build systems and planets and moons that are interesting and unique uh they do that well enough that within 10 years there's 120 systems um they keep going past 120 why not just keep making them make a thousand maybe not a thousand but maybe make you know 500 who knows then you can yeah. start building out server meshing to the point where you get it all working and you just keep adding meshes, you know? Um, and you could have 50,000 players in the same shard all playing together. I mean, and this is copium to the max, but um, <laughs> the, idea is, the idea is there, you know? It's just whether or not they can make that kind of thing happen, you know? Yeah. I think the bottom line, though, is like the, with Pyro coming out this year, that discussion is like the reality is it's not, I don't think it's the priority right now. It's squad. oh yeah. Well, so, and they said that they said that a, over a year ago. You know, Squadron yeah. Forty Two is shifting. We're shifting our priority to Squadron Forty Two even more. Mm. We're gonna get that out. You know. Yeah. So that's kind of so, where we're at in this in this whole. So this whole like server meshing and stuff. I don't see it anytime soon. Personally. Well, that but a point. But a point that goes to that and bringing Squadron Forty Two up like that is this again, primar- you know, primarily a ships kind of guy from a content creator standpoint. I've said about the Polaris and I've said this about other ships too. And even though I, like I said earlier, really, really want the Polaris in game. I'm comfortable with some of my favorite ships not coming out yet, because I think about if the Polaris would have come out in 2018, how kind of crappy it would be compared now to some of the other ships we're getting that they've gotten so good at this that I'm excited to be like, no, no, you know what? I'll wait. Because I know that by waiting, I'm going to get rewarded with something that's really cool. Well, I hope that becoming good at it means they can do it in a more exponential fashion. You know, that when you talk about building 120 systems, the speed has to increase, you know, and that's part of being good at it. Right. Well, going from the conversation about the systems, and I'm glad you brought up Squadron, because this this final question I wanted to pose to you guys is mostly about Star Citizen, but it includes the whole project overall. I kind of want to know just sort of if it's changed really for you. Ollie, you're the newest person, I think. So obviously over the last year, I can't imagine how much it's changed, but your understanding, and let's not talk about kind of what we're playing right now, but your idea 
this goes crazy, but your idea of what end game sort of content, like final gameplay in Star Citizen would be, has that changed over the years as they've shifted development, added new things, and, and talked about things changing? I don't know. It's still kind of the same. Like, Star Citizen's kind of so annoying because it's it's like the potential is always there and it is so it feels so close all of the time to like what i imagine star citizen to be you know and i don't know whether that's because i'm projecting what i want onto the game or the game is actually get starting to get really close and like i said i've i've only been here you know, when in the in the drought, you guys were saying earlier, but for me, I spent several months learning what Star Citizen is, and it was like kind of an amazing uh, experience learning what the game is. And I, for me, the future is just more of what I did this year, just like the game expanding, features coming in. Um, I said I haven't seen uh, an Idris sort of in-game yet. Like, I've still got to experience that. And mm -hmm. like, the game for me is just like more of that stuff like pyro is just what i did in stanton over seven months in a different system you know that, so you, that that hasn't changed for since when i started seven months ago so something that sounds a little bit different from you is that you kind of are here for the game now like you you joined the game and you were playing yeah, it because I, it was there and ready to go at that time yeah like uh, i rem i've got a video on my channel must be 2015 of me going in the phoenix and flying the Port Olisar, which I think was like the only space you could fly around, right? Um, and my my reaction in that video is basically the same reaction that I have now, which is just like, there's nothing quite like Star Citizen. Walking around seeing the ship and the detail that you get, it's just a really cool game to be in. When it And when it works, it's really, really good. And I don't, like, I'm quite happy with how it is what's and all cool yeah. how about you led so it, it kind of in the same way that ollie puts it right like what i think about in a little kind of back history for me because i remember when star citizen was announced and i was excited about what they were saying also pivotal point in my life wasn't really able to do a lot of video gaming so i kind of followed it but i didn't back for a while until you know and then there was a little bit of the are they actually going to kind of do it and so i waited a little bit to actually financially get involved and get into the game and so i think about not so much what cig promised at the very beginning but i like to think about when i got into the verse for the first time and the how different it is from any other game i've ever played just the amazement, the wonder, the I can go anywhere, do anything. Um, I oscillate between the game is going to be radically different from what they said and, and what I experienced and made believe in my mind what my expectations were. And wow, we're getting so close. <laughs> and it's this is going to be right on, on point. And it, it bounces back and forth for me. Um, it's a natural I, I think cycle. we're on the right track. Yeah, but I, I think I, we all <laughs> experienced that a little bit. You know, they've not abandoned my biggest fear for Star Citizen is and there's no evidence to believe that they're going to do this. But this is my biggest Star Citizen fear is that CIG decides that they've had enough of the negative 
public pressure of, you know, just finish it already. Right. And just start cutting the corners, start, you know, you know what we said that you're going to fly through a jump point, but it's just going to be a loading screen. Now. Um, yeah, we promised you all this amazing, you know, salvage gameplay, but actually you just grab it with the claw, suck it into the reclaimer, and then it does it all for you. You know, I'm always afraid that CIG is just going to give up and sprint to completion and do it. And that's my biggest fear. And Like I said, there's no evidence that that's what they're doing. But, that's what a lot of people uh, want. Right, but that is. There's a lot of demand for that. But the way things are going now... Development's been slow. There's stuff that hasn't been flashy. 3.18 is really, you know, the reigniting of that for me in the sense of, no, we are... The game for me is, especially with 3.18 coming out, really becoming the game I thought it would be. So... Agreed. Red Monster, how about you? Um, you know, I feel like my expectations of the game have always been that they're going to develop something that is entirely unique and... Um, you know, looking at, you know, I've, I've put my time into Elite Dangerous and done their mining gameplay. And, you know, it's been a few years since I've done that. But, you know, it's it's such a unique and different experience in Star Citizen that the level of detail and the immersion you're going after, I, I describe you know, games like Elite Dangerous and No Man's Sky as being, you know, a mile wide, but an inch deep, right? There's not a lot of depth out there. Once you've done it there, it's you know, it, it, it doesn't take a huge, you know, learning curve to get up the skill gap. And some of it's all, you know, the engineering gameplay in Elite Dangerous is just completely random numbered battles, you know, that I feel like Stars of the Sun really brings a skill level into it that's required. And yeah, for my, you know, my initial uh, pledge was also in like 2015. You know, I've, I've taken my break from the game in between there and come back the last two years. But um you know, I I feel like my expectations have always kind of been fluid. I've just expected them to make a you know deliver a fantastic game um, that that's unique in its own right. And I think you know, looking back at the time when I first pledged, you know, I was coming off of Diablo three. That you know, that's a franchise I grew up on, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like their release of that game and some of the issues they had with the you know, if anybody remembers, like the Real Money Auction House on it, like those types of experiences killed that franchise for me. And it's because they they had shareholders to make happy. They had a timeline to deliver it on. And so they developed the the shell of a game they could in that time and expected people to be okay with it. And and that was that was a huge turnoff for me for some of those other big title games where I saw Star Citizen delivering experience that no one else could. And and that's really why I've gotten hooked onto it. So yeah, yeah, it's I would say my expectation that they're going to deliver a fantastic and unique and immersive experience. Um, they've proved time and time again that, that that's what they're doing right now. You know, I, I didn't become, you know, I didn't pledge initially to be an industrial focused player. I just liked space games, you know, and what I saw with their mining gameplay that really turned the corner for me. And I said, you know what, they have such a level of immersion and you know, it's, it's a skill and there's a learning curve there. And it's it's something you feel rewarded when you do it properly. So that's mm. that's where I, I come in and I see them delivering more and more of that. You know, our first look at mining was in 3.2 and they've iterated from that on, uh, you know, 3.18 brings us salvage. And I'm sure the speed of iteration there on salvage is going to be significantly faster and, and whatever is next in that pipeline. So I hope I'm excited is. for it. I hope they continue working on it. Zero State, how about you? So 
it's important to have a wide perspective. But if you narrow your perspective, you start to see some cracks, which is okay. I mean, there's no game that doesn't have some cracks if you narrow your perspective enough. Um, a good example is that I think Chris at one point, Chris Roberts at one point said something about he doesn't want it to become beam citizen, right? Everything's a laser beam. The problem is it's kind of becoming that, but most people are okay with that, I think. Uh, salvage is just a beam. Tractor beaming is just a beam. Mining is just a beam at the moment. You know, there's not a whole lot else to it. Now, there's some differences with that, but a lot of, there's a lot of beam gameplay, right? And that was something that he wanted to stay away from, but they haven't stayed away from it all that much. And I'm okay with that. I think a lot of people are okay with that. But if you widen your perspective more, you know, it's like you said, Red Monster, where you start to like see it as this immersive experience that you can't have anywhere else. I would say twice a week when I'm playing, you know, I say you can't do any, you can't do this anywhere but Star Citizen, whatever just happened, you know. Um, a, there's a bounty on a Carrick and I, you know, you jump onto the Carrick and then it starts flying away, blows up your ship, but you break in and kill the guy, steal his Carrick and then take it back to Grim Hex. And at the end of it, you're just like, you couldn't do that in any other game ever. There's no other experience that allows you to do what just happened. And that happens at Star Citizen all the time. And I expect that's going to keep happening, um, you know, but you start to look at some of the little things and you're like, okay, there's some flaws here and there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to see the project as anything but special, but have my experiences or my expectations changed? Mm -hmm. My expectations back in 2013, the problem was I was playing Planetside 2 back in 2013. I was playing WoW, like, I don't know, Wrath of the Lich King or whatever was out back then <laughs> in 2013, you know, and the first Wrath of the Lich King, not the new one. <laughs> and it was just a different, whole different landscape in video gaming. So your expectations were based on the video games you saw at the time. That's and fair. The video games we see now are just uh, No Man's Sky was a was a twinkle in the in the eye of somebody, you know, uh, back in 2013 and or 2012, I guess. And uh, even Elite Dangerous was new, fre you know, fresh in what did that come out? 2014 was it? About I can't the same remember. Same time, I think yeah, 2015, yeah. 2014. And it just and that's how it's like Elite Dangerous has lived almost its entire life cycle in the span of Star Citizen's current development, you know, um, and that's kind of special that Star Citizen's still around and other games that have kind of called themselves MMOs have lived an entire life cycle within that time. Mm -hmm. But it's also a little bit depressing in a way because you're like, I want the game to come out so it can live its life cycle, which hopefully is 20, 30 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so have my expectations changed? Yes, but mostly because the industry and the landscape has changed so much that if your expectations didn't change at all, it would you'd be living in the past you know it, yeah. your expectations have to change a little bit because of the landscape yeah games changed a lot over the time and i'm i'm guessing it will continue to change i would say yeah. there are a couple things that pop in that i'm like i don't i don't know about that one that always pops I need a out cat. to me i, I need up. a cat on my ship though i need pets right that See, needs to now that's, <laughs> that's something that they idea. haven't added that i'm very that was a back reward we had in... turtles we the backer reward in, was it four, some, some million, 27, 37, I don't know what million Definitely it was. Definitely should but be in by now. was one of the rewards. Where's my cat, Chris? <laughs> That's pretty, pretty big pillar tech. Yeah. But really. Get back to turtles. Yeah, I'm more of a dog person, so. Yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> well, whatever, robot dogs, you know. <laughs> I think I, the perspective thing is a really good point, though. I think when you look at this, I think we're all really guilty of it. I think the community is as well of like a narrow lens. Oh, we need kind of scrutinizing it. But when you put like when you stand it sound stand it side by side on another game that costs forty five dollars, you know there's a lot. There's so much 
here. This game has been around for a long time and has changed and has developed and added so much. This is not the same game. The 3.18 patch is not the same game the 3.17 patch was. And I think anyone who's paid $45 to say that you're not getting that in some uh, way and is, um, well, it just hasn't given the game a fair shake. And Zero, I think Zero actually tweeted that games used to have like a 200-hour guarantee. That... <laughs> that was some super old game that I found. Right? I played this yep. game called Mortar 1.1. It, it was <laughs> like just super dungeon crawler, 2D scroller, you know. And it had in the manual, it was like, if you don't play this game for 200 hours, fill this form out, send me your data files, and I'll give you a refund. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just crazy wow. to think. You, you think but, about how many games are offering that level of gameplay right now, you know? But yeah, none. Well, and that's why yeah. I brought up, you know, before what I was saying, when I set my expectations, I don't set them to the 2013 vision of what Star Citizen was going to be then. I base it more on where we are now and where the game is going. Um, you know, to look at like DCS, for example, which is the other big thing that I create content for. And dogfighting in Star Citizen doesn't hold a candle to something like that, a dedicated flight simulator. But going back to even the idea of like beam play, right? Like you didn't want to have beam play. 10 years ago because it was just this it felt like this cheap shortcut to something the beam play we have now isn't i don't notice like even though i'm always acutely aware of chris's point about not wanting to have beam play right but when i'm doing mining or i'm now doing salvaging or doing certain medical things like it doesn't like scream to me like oh yeah beams this is just so dull it's i'm not gonna be able to not notice you know, it's it's sorry, way. just beams for everything. God damn it. Here's the thing, though. I, I like it. It's it's easier for yeah. a player to understand, but it's still unique enough that you can get things done with it. And when you're playing a video game, you want to get things done. So it's not that I have anything against the beam gameplay. Right. Uh, it was just a, a noticing of like, you know, this is kind of what was said. And here's what kind of happened. You know? Yeah, I think they've done good, a good job with using the beams as a latching on point for each type of gameplay. Oh, and you for can sure. Then yeah. grow into it after that. Um, but guys, that's, that, that about wraps it up. I kept you here for so much longer than I told you I would, but I uh, thank you all for your, for your patience, for answering questions, for talking, for giving your thoughts. Um, please, if there's anything else that you want to say about next year, about 318, about just your feelings on the project, um, feel free to do so right now. And then we'll go around just one more time. You guys can let everybody know where you come from. Sweet. Anybody who yeah, wants to who wants to mention it. If you don't have anything else you want to say, then we could just do our, our little outro. In which case, uh, Lednap, go ahead and let everybody know where, yeah, where you um, do content. <laughs> well, yeah, so uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Lednap Gaming. Just search that. Um, or lednap.com. Website's a little rough. Needs a rework again. Uh, got a full-time job, though, so. Uh, you know, but I... Like I said before, 318, and for those that haven't gone into the PTU yet, I would say what a remarkable year we have in front of us. It definitely reignites for me the love of Star Citizen, and I am just really looking forward to kind of where this year is going to go. Um, just how much better the game is about to be. So 
And then I also just want to say that, uh, I mean, I'm bummed. I know my wife is probably ready to murder me with how long this has gone. But uh, I mean, give us I give us sorry go all night. <laughs> this is just such a great I mean, we're having such a great conversation. And so just, you know, thanks for the opportunity, Space Tomato, for the option, sure. the opportunity to come on and, you know, hang out with you guys and really enjoyed this conversation so you got to say honey i'm making new friends don't you want me to have friends <laughs> i'm being social that's, that's what you do that'll <laughs> solve it been there before oh Just yeah it. wife aggro never good well <laughs> never had a wife but you guys get the idea yeah ollie how about you uh give the people one more reminder where they can find your stuff uh so i make youtube videos under ollie 43 uh star citizen content currently checking out 318 which is a great patch and I'm looking forward to everyone getting their hands on it. Um, just a lot of wow, look how cool the beams are on the channel. That's what we do. Cool beams. Red yep. Monster. Yep. So uh, Red Monster SC, uh, you can find me here on Twitch, uh, Monday nights, Friday nights, and then every Sunday morning we do a mining session. So uh, feel free to join in on that. Um, I also make YouTube tutorials. Uh, have gone way deep into mining uh for uh for the previous patches and then getting into salvage on the new uh gameplay release as we uh we get updates to it so find me here i'm also uh uh i've got a full-time job besides this so i kind of hit and miss but my org is the red legion and uh yeah you'll probably see us around uh, doing a lot of industrial stuff so cool and zero state well i'm zero state i'm on twitch mostly youtube sometimes and i'm an idiot on twitter uh I try to do gameplay a lot, try to do community stuff. We do a lot of FPS Fridays. People don't do Star Marine very often, but when you get a big group doing it, it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, other than that, you just find me on Twitch most of the time. I have a lot of weekdays. I have a full-time job, too, in IT, and then I stream on top of that. So it's like 6 p.m. Central a lot of times. I don't know how you guys um, do it. Uh, I've been lose there and it we lose brain cells oh, every day. You, That's what we do. You guys are awesome. <laughs> um, and I want to point out that there is a vulture, a picture of a vulture using its tractor beams in the letter for the chairman. I'm staring yeah. at it right now. Yeah, I saw that. Is interesting. Is that a tractor beam? I think it's a tractor it's, beam. Yeah, or it's a tractor beam. It's the, green, the green. Yeah, green oh, is usually yeah. tractor beam, right? Greenish blue. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, pretty cool. Oh. See? Cool. Little hints. Well, thanks, guys. One final time. I'm going to try that uh, Star Marine out Zero State. I want to get into more of FPS in this game. Yeah, if but, you get like six to eight people to press go at the same time, everybody probably gets into the same Star Marine instance, and then you can all shoot each other. Cool. Oh, I'll have to try that out. Um, thanks again, guys, for joining me today. I, I really appreciate it. It it's These are the best talks, you know, getting people together. We all make different types of content. We all follow the game a lot, but hearing different sort of um, perspectives at the same time is really nice. So thank you guys for, for joining me today. Thanks everybody who Yeah, of course. Thanks everybody who came to watch this live on Twitch. If you're listening to this after the fact, uh, consider checking that out. We do it at the end of every month, usually the last stream of the month. And then this goes onto my main YouTube channel and audio podcast platforms the first days of the following month. But this is the both simultaneously final episode of 2022 and the first of 2023. So from all of us to you, Welcome to the new year. We're hoping it's better than 2022, and we're looking forward to a we lot of it. good things with uh, Star Citizen. Yeah, we did it somehow. We got through. <laughs> but anyways, everybody, thank you again. And uh, 
We'll see you next month. Cheers. 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 Au revoir.